0: uh focus on your mental health you surely won't regret
2: it mentally 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 mentally
1: mentally yours. mentally yours mentally yours mentally yours Hi everyone welcome to Mentally Yours I'm Yvette and I'm Ellen and this week We'll be chatting to Emma Gannon.
2: We're going to be talking to her all about internet and how that affects mental health because as both of it and I know, internet plays a big part in how you feel
1: about yourself and how you feel about the world. But before we listen to that, let's have a quick listen to last week's when we were chatting to Rochelle about virtual reality therapy. I've suffered from anxiety generally in the past, but um, more, more recently it's been linked to pythrophobia, which is fear of being trapped. So that was us
2: talking about virtual reality therapy. Now let's talk about other virtual internet worlds. Here's
0: Emma. The world that you curate for yourself online is just as important as the world that you create around you in real life. And, you know, I wouldn't go into a noisy pub with people shouting and swearing and, like, waving knives around. Like, I would protect myself from that abuse. So why would I not protect myself against horrible things online so I think we have to stop feeling guilty when we unfollow something or we have to stop feeling guilty when we mute or hide or even if it's someone that you like in real life, it's okay to just tune out of some of their stuff if, you, if it makes you feel uneasy and I think I always kind of uh, liken it to every time you open your laptop or every time you go on your phone it's like you're strapping yourself in for a bit of a roller coaster. you don't know what you're going to see mm. I think you need to be aware of your triggers and and actually triggers could be something like I don't know you see someone on holiday with their boyfriend you might have just been dumped I don't know what that trigger might be for every for each person but you have to make sure that you put yourself first and not try not to ruin your day too early on in the day Mm. by seeing something you shouldn't you shouldn't really be seeing how do you resist the urge to check things though Um, Well, I I feel like I'm quite proud of the way that I've constructed all of my social feeds. I do take pride in, like, I I, I have a Facebook cull pretty much every month just to see who's hanging on in there that I don't need on there. Um, I don't follow many people on Instagram. Like, every single person I follow is someone who I want to see what they're doing. My notifications are quite, like, watertight in the the respect that I, I do have weirdos that do... I know that they are trying to tweet me, but they've been muted for a long time. It's like modern-day witchcraft. I'm like, if I don't see it, you don't exist. So mm. you have disappeared into like a cauldron. I think it's something that you need to really make sure you're on top of, actually. But, of course, I love a debate. I've just started a podcast which is ranty, and we really love it when people write in and disagree with us. So I'm not saying just live in a lovely bubble of amazingly liberal, lovely people. I'm just saying you're in control of turning it on and off. Mm. Yeah. And pick your battles maybe, I guess. Because you could maybe have a, an interesting,
1: informed argument with someone who yeah, doesn't agree with you. But there's a difference between that, like you say, and just someone who's hurling abuse at you. Just yeah,
0: yeah. and also constantly. it depends on like your state of mind. Because there might be one week where I'm like flexing bicep emoji, like going to take on the world, literally don't care, and will have a debate with anyone. And then there'll be some weeks where I'm just like, do you know what, I can't do it this week. And I'm just turning the volume down on on everything.
2: Mm. I think it's giving yourself permission to actually hit that mute button and unfollow people. Mm. Because I think there's so much pressure to be like, well, I have to follow this person because they follow me. Or like, I have to stay informed about all the goings on. Mm. So I think it's quite difficult to kind of shout back and say, no, I'm going to stop it here. I'm in control of it. Mm. What kind of advice would you have to kind of give people the confidence to
0: do that? Well, I think the mute button is a gift from God because yes. no one needs to know that you're tuning them out. Same with Facebook. Like, you can hide things. You don't need need to unfriend because mm. that can cause rifts and that can be really awkward, especially when you sort of see a lot of people at social things. Um, but, yeah, I would just say, to be really honest as well, I've got a few friends who basically kind of did the bit of a heads up, actually, saying... I'm gonna unfollow like pretty much everyone. I need some headspace. I'm really overwhelmed. I'm taking a break. And then when you know that, you're like, you know, I would never ever have a problem with that. Mm. I think it's just, we need a bit more honesty maybe when we are not coping very well. What do you think
1: the different social media platforms themselves can do to help people in general, or just to improve? Um, Obviously Twitter recently increased its character number. I think you tweeted sort of like, oh, well, that's kind of... I think the essence of it was, well, there's, that's the least they could do. Yeah. And I think we all felt that because there's so many things that they yeah, could do like, to kind of make things, make it a more pleasant environment. A lot more concerned
2: about abuse than not being able to
0: tweet 280 characters. Mm. So mm. what do you think that maybe Twitter and Facebook and Instagram could do? Yeah, I mean, the amount of people that have been driven off of Twitter... It is such a scary place. I I sometimes liken it to um, Stranger Things. You know when there's like the under like the flip side of the yeah like the, the, the underworld. Down. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, like we all know, you can get like the odd weird troll comment, and sometimes it's like that Pepe the Frog, and then you kind of like go into this weird underworld of, of create of of literally like the opposite of your world, and. The stuff that people think and that what they say is just so shocking. And if you get, I mean, I've never had actually any direct threats. I've never mm-hmm. been scared to do events. I've never been scared to like go and live my life. There's a journalist in uh, the US for the US Guardian called Jessica Valenti, and she's the number one most trolled writer. And she was saying that she does go to events and she is looking in the crowd and thinking, someone is going to do something to me. And that that is scary when, when, the, when your online world and the threats that you might get merges with your online life. Mm. That is when I'm thinking, is it worth being a journalist in twenty seven Like, is it worth doing it? Because that's really scary. It's really hard though, isn't it? Because Twitter doesn't seem to be taking these
1: sort of threats seriously. So there's mm. rape threats and death threats. Um, but I actually asked um, Emily Reynolds, who we also had on the show and she's been on yours as well, um, to write me a piece a while back about how the police deals with rape threats on Twitter. And the thing is, Twitter's not really taking it seriously, but she took it to the police, and they didn't really take it that seriously. Yeah. I mean, they kind of... They said the things that they're meant to, but they didn't really do anything. Mm. So it's just like, well, somebody's got to take some responsibility here.
0: Yeah, that's what's weird. It's like if you got a note through your letterbox saying, I'm going to come and kill you, like I think they would take it seriously. But it's no different from receiving a tweet, and I think it's terrifying... Um, Yeah, because remember all that stuff when the Jane Austen note was, like, first discussed? Mm. Oh, yeah. And I think um, Emma Barnett from The Telegraph had, like, a bomb threat. And she... Yeah, like, how horrible is that? Having to have security in your own house? I think it's really serious. That's why it really annoyed me when they were doing all this 280 characters thing, because Jack, whoever is the founder of Twitter now, can't keep up, but he, like, just did this big, shiny announcement. Like... And then it was so self-indulgent. Like he did the first tweet with two hundred and eighty characters. Look at me, and I'm like, "Really? Is that your announcement?"
2: Out all all the things you could be doing, yeah. It's appalling. And I think people still have this idea that there's a huge divide. Like what happens online isn't reflected what happens in real life. It's not a real threat. Everything's fine. But we know from a lot of cases that that's not the case. Like there's crossover, and it Mm -hmm. does make you feel scared,
1: even if nothing happens. Like irl yeah. and also just mentally how it makes you feel yeah really you know like somebody sort of coming up to you and saying oh that was a really nice piece or you know or just you know oh you look nice or something that's really no like it's not really any
0: different when you read it
1: on twitter or instagram or something exactly so but it's- also it's like
0: not knowing who's following you yeah every time you get a new follower and it's just like a faceless account i just think who are you and and why are you following me in a way? And I think obviously when you start getting like quite a lot of followers, um, sometimes safety is a bit of a worry. Like you think I've got friends who are big YouTubers and they have millions of followers, like way way more than I have. But they won't tag themselves in the hotel they're staying at yeah. until the next day and things like that. But I wonder if we should all be as savvy as that, really. I Knowing think, where everyone is at all, all the time is is weird, actually. I think I'm
2: overly cautious of that because I read one thing ages ago about how someone's house got burgled because they tagged their location so burglars knew they weren't home. So now I'm really cautious about tagging locations. But I would like strongly urge anyone to do the same because people shouldn't know where you are at all times.
0: Yeah. I like think there was someone from Coronation Street ages ago tweeted home alone tonight like with my takeaway or whatever and she got some weird stalker turning up Oh God!
1: and like i wouldn't think twice about
0: tweeting home alone tonight got netflix on like Mm. it is really creepy
1: for me i've maybe i'm just kind of like not as aware but i've never been like so bothered about that for me like it's more specific things on the internet that i find a bit kind of scary like um i don't know if it's still running but there's that whole internet site which was pictures of women eating on the tube. Oh, yeah. oh my God, yeah. But there was something just so weirdly, I don't know, like modern and but just so peculiar about that, like really specifically invasive. Yeah. Like, I don't understand how we've got to a place where we think it's all right to take a picture of a stranger eating and then not... That in itself is weird. But then to take it to the next step of then putting it onto a website to share with other people and then talk about that. And yeah, just, that
0: one was really weird. Oh, my God, there's something... So, so um, like the paranoia of, of thinking someone's taking a picture of you on the on the tube especially is horrible
2: because mm. you'd never know as well like I sometimes get that thought it's like what if there is a picture of me from like four years ago just floating around the internet mm. I've never seen it and everyone's laughing at it or it's become a meme Reddit as well yeah. it scares
0: me so much mm. yeah.
2: I think just the overwhelming amount of information that's out there it's very easy to become you know more overwhelmed I'm not sure entirely how to deal with that. I think because it's such a modern problem, we haven't come up with solutions yet
1: to cope with that kind of thing. Well, what do you think about the idea of a kind of a digital detox, both of you? I mean, I, for, for, there's something about the name I hate. Like, <laughs> I just don't like the term. I think it just sounds tough. But like, I, I, I like the theory behind it. People sort of say about a digital detox, oh, I've gone on holiday and I've turned my phone off. I mean, I think maybe it's just the name that I hate because it makes it sound like something fancy when that is literally all you've done. Yeah. But, um, yeah, what do you two think about the idea of that? Or would you actually feel uncomfortable doing that because so much of your social life is actually on your phone?
0: Well, I think you made such a good point when you said we don't know yet how to handle our overwhelm because that's exactly what we need is tips to deal with our daily life and our daily mental health because... Digital detox annoy me so much because I have such a pet hate, who doesn't, with people selling you stuff you don't need or it's just really like overly branded and really fake. And yeah, the idea of a digital detox to me is like a yoga retreat, locking away your phone in a a fancy locker and, and something that I basically wouldn't want to spend my money on. And I don't think going cold turkey for a week with loads of yoga bunnies would save me from myself. I think it's like more than that. Um, Oh my God, the other thing I hate is when people try and sell, they're like, you can write a book in 10 easy steps and people's like just pay so much money for people to tell them rubbish tips. Anyway, I think it's more of like the real day-to-day stuff. Like how do you on a daily basis get through it? I have done a digital detox before, but I didn't call it that because it's
2: really smug. Mm. Um, But I went on holiday. I didn't check, you know, Instagram or Twitter or anything. And I did feel amazing. Like I wasn't up to date on all these breaking news alerts. I felt a lot less anxious. But then the second I got back inside looking again, it comes back. Mm. And it's not I think when you're a journalist or you work on the Internet,
1: Twitter and Facebook and all that is just part of your job it's part of your job yeah it's part of your life but also it's part of your job exactly i I mean i've got friends that really hate all this sort of stuff so they just they're just i mean they're on facebook but they're not on any of these things you know they're just not on twitter and and that's fine but it's just like well but i can't do that exactly like a detox is great for the short term but it's not
2: realistic you can't Mm. be completely off that so we need to come up with better solutions than just oh like take a break there needs to be yeah 100% day-to-day how to actually deal with you know all the horrible stuff that goes on on the internet I suppose the good
0: things, but I think one thing though that I find helpful is knowing, knowing when you are doing that refresh thing, Mm. like doing when you know the mindless scroll where you catch yourself. Mm. The whole like I'm going to go to bed early tonight, and then you're like literally up until four a.m. reading crap on the internet. I think we need to be really honest with ourselves. Of is this a productive use of my time? Like yes, we're all needing to be online and our jobs are being connected, but I think there's a difference between following the news and being up to date and, like, doing your work and falling into that trap of, yeah. like, hot, like, anxiety, low-level anxiety, basically.
2: And mm. also, like, are you actually enjoying it? Because I think so many mm. people think, like, well, I have to be on social media because it's how I relax or, like, how I have fun. Mm. But if you're actually in the moment, you're like, is this making me any happier? Am I actually enjoying looking at these holiday photos or am I just obsessively unable to stop clicking through them? Mm. Yeah. And I think recognising that is... Difficult but essential, yeah. And also
0: like the fear of missing out thing. I think in reality, if a big news story happens, you will hear about it. I don't. I mean, I don't work in a news organisation or anything, and I understand that you probably want to be the first person to break the story, so you want to be refreshing and stuff. But if you're just a normal person who wants to be up to date, I think just making sure that you allow yourself, like it will get to you. Like the story, you won't miss out on anything, and nothing's that important doesn't matter if you miss out on one picture of a celebrity at a thing like who cares actually I think that's the main sort of thing going around in my head at the moment is like no one really cares about Mm. what everyone else is doing all the time so you don't need to be constantly in the rat race to matter
2: and also if you miss out even for like a month you get caught up really quickly and everyone's Mm. forgotten about the stuff that happened a month ago that's what I've kind of realized Actually, yeah, I
0: got an email today from someone being like, I'm really sorry, I've been really out of the loop this month. Like, you know, I don't know if you've noticed, but I haven't really been online much. And I was like, oh my God, I feel so bad, but I haven't <laughs> noticed. And I'm like, that would be the same with me. Yeah. No mm. one would notice. Sometimes, occasionally, you don't
1: see it so much now, but you did used to see people on Twitter kind of going, well, oh, I'm going away for a couple of weeks, so I won't mm. be tweeting. And I kind of, I'd read, I'd read that and I'd think, I'm probably never going to tweet that, because, like, people just, like, think everyone's just too kind of caught up in their own yeah. worlds, aren't they? Yeah. I think Already.
0: people think. It really, yeah, it, they think that people are really looking at their page. Isn't there that statistic? It's really old now, but I read it a while ago, that the, basically people on Facebook refresh their own page more than they look at anyone else's. Oh, that doesn't surprise me Isn't at all. Isn't it so interesting? Yeah. I mean, I look at my own Instagram stories during the day because I'm like, I don't know, I watch them back because I'm like, yeah, oh, that same. was fun. It's very narcissistic, but everyone does it. I look at my mm. own
2: tweets because I'm hilarious and I like <laughs> laughing at my own jokes.
0: And my friend was saying the other day, she was like, do you ever do that thing where like someone new adds you so then you go and look at your page like through their eyes, like, yeah. oh, I wonder what they're seeing. It's like, oh my God, we're so caught up in our own little bubble.
1: We're all like that though. Like we're definitely a lot more narcissistic, I think, because of social media. I think because we're taught that social media is part of who we
2: are and like Mm. that's how we can define our identity so it's natural that we then really you know obsessively looking like this internet mirror of ourselves Mm. but it's um difficult to remember sometimes that that's not actually who you are it doesn't define you as a
0: person that's what makes me feel really sad actually when you look at much younger teens or girls especially i think when You can tell they're really impressed that I'm verified on Instagram. You can tell they're really like, how do I get followers? And I'm like, oh God, I can't believe you're already in that trap because actually, it's very, very new to have this idea of worth that comes from likes and follows. And you can say all you want, oh, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. You need to validate yourself in other ways, but they're already in that cycle of, I need followers and I need attention. I got followed on Instagram actually the other day by this agency I can't remember the name of it but it, in the bio I mean it was like an influencer agency I guess they're popping up all over the place now but the bio was we can make you famous with like the little nail emoji um nail painting emoji yeah. and I was just like really is this is this the end goal you just want to be like famous on Instagram because that is quite short-lived and also really depressing
2: Well, it's like, I got this message from this guy the other day who I've never met, and he just said, hey. And I was like, that's weird. And I showed my friend, and they said, but he's got a lot of followers, like, maybe you should respond. (laughs) And I was like, that's absolutely absurd. Why would I respond to this person? It's like
0: that episode of Black Mirror. (laughs) Yeah. With, like, the ratings, and what would it be like if we all had an Uber rating, Mm. like, attached to us? You couldn't be horrible as much, but that would be a good thing. But also it creeps me out. If people treat you differently because you have followers, I find that so grim. It's really But upsetting. I think it's a reality. But it's like if you go to a restaurant and the chef knows you've got 100,000 followers, is he going to make your meal better than everyone else's? That's so messed up.
2: But I think... Even I'm guilty of that, because I think a lot of times if I then go on Twitter and I see someone has a ton of followers, I'm like, oh, they must be really funny. Like, I'll definitely follow them, mm. which is awful, because I'm sure if I knew people were doing that to my account and then swiftly moving away, I would be quite upset.
1: Yeah, I don't know why I laughed sort of, when you said about that with the guy, because definitely I've had that sort of I've met people in events and stuff like they'll seem nice and stuff and then so I'll find them on Twitter and then and then I'll be like oh they've got all these followers so I'll be more impressed which is ridiculous because I've just had a conversation with them exactly so it's like I almost don't completely trust my own assessment of them it's it's like they've been you know they've got a blue tick and they've got all
0: these followers well it's like um sort of describe it as like a shop window yeah like come in I've got so many followers (laughs) Look at my like outer presence and then once you go into the shop maybe you're a bit like oh I don't really like what's being sold here you just don't know but I don't know if we're going like backwards because all of my favorite authors like my favorite favorite authors have like two followers on Twitter Mm. it is does not matter how many followers you have I personally like have thought in the past I must have followers that's how it's that's how it goes but you also look at people who have millions of followers and when you look at the book industry there's lots of case studies that actually having followers doesn't convert into sales so this sort of thing where people are saying well you've got to have followers because you know that really helps like sell things like that's not not necessarily true um so I don't know it's like why do you want to have followers
2: I have no idea now I feel like I need to reflect on my whole life and all my goals as well because I kind of I did assume like well if you have lots of followers you can get a book deal you can mm. do all of these cool things
0: well actually on that just quickly it was really important for me when I got my first book deal that they liked the book yeah. and actually it wasn't to do with my social following because I felt like it, it takes a lot to market a book it's not just oh you know if she's got Twitter followers that'll do it type thing and actually I always my first and only love is writing and all of the other stuff that comes with that is definitely like on the periphery And so it was just like, I just want to be taken seriously for the words in the proposal. And that was really nice when I met with my editor and she was like, yeah, I don't think she'd even looked me up that much like online, which was really good. Um, But yeah, so I'm really excited about my second one. So it's been a long time coming, like I've been working on it for a long time. Although what was weird is I met with my new publisher exactly a year after my, my last book came out, which was july the 8th i think um so yeah it's basically a modern day career guide that i basically could have done with even five years ago it's very much for like the multimedia generation it's about giving a really fun spin on the portfolio career thing it's just a really up-to-date this is how you do it and here's all my experience of how i've done it and how i genuinely think the future of the workplace is going because i just think it's so exciting at the moment scary for a lot of people yeah businesses are closing down people are being made redundant it's horrible and it's like you can't just say oh it's so exciting because people are feeling really really scared at the moment but i'm trying to write a book that literally anyone can pick up um it's not for like just media london and people who want to sit on a beach in bali with their laptop it's like Whatever your situation, whatever your ratio, whatever your mix, maybe you work four days a week in office, but maybe you have a business idea that you want to do on on like a Friday afternoon. It's like, here's everything that I know. And you can basically pick and choose, like Build-A-Bear, how you want your career to look.
2: When you kind of look back on growing up on the internet and all of your experiences, do you think it's been overwhelmingly positive for your mental health or more
0: negative? Oh my God, that's such a good question. Um, I've definitely had really bad times with it. I've definitely had my dips. But I think it's allowed me to grow more quickly, actually, than maybe if I didn't. It's almost like everything's sped up because you get to experience so many different things all at once. And what's interesting to me is something that would have literally put me in a really bad place and like the downward spiral of you've had a bad comment, you've had maybe a few, then you suddenly, um, you, what's the word? Catastrophize? Yeah, Catastrophize. So you go from like, I've got one bad tweet to like, I'm crap and I'm rubbish and I'm gonna give up and I'm, that's like a very immature way of thinking. That's like a very young state of mind, I think to take one tiny thing and like make it very, very dramatic. Like that was what I used to be like. And I just think I've grown up with it. I've evolved alongside technology as we all have. And I just think, I just i just think I've grown up. I can't really explain it. I just know that, I know, I feel like I've been around the block a bit. And I think that's what you need. You just need to experience it, get over it. And something that really, really would upset me even like two years ago would not even touch the sides now. So I, I don't know what that is. I just think that's just, I think that's just over time you learn that it's not you and actually you survived it and it doesn't mean everyone hates you just because one person disagrees with you it's just I don't know it's it, I you like wake up one morning and you're like I don't care as much but you can't really put your finger on why
2: yeah and I think obviously there's the positive side of things as well like for every maybe not for every but for nasty comments you also get really lovely ones and mm-hmm. people who tell you that what you've written or what you've recorded or put out there has really affected them and changed how they feel which is amazing yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah it's so freeing as well like the minute that you think the minute that you give up trying to please everyone cause that's so exhausting that is so exhausting going around being like do you like me do you like me just checking okay does the whole of twitter like my stuff okay cool like that's impossible you will never ever have everyone that uh, liking you so it really allows you to cement your own beliefs and who you are because if someone doesn't like what you're doing and and actually you don't want to change it to make them feel better. You're like, okay, cool, you don't like it. That's totally fine. I genuinely feel like that. I'm like, if someone doesn't want to be on board, um, that's cool. There's plenty of other things out there. I kind of wish them well. I'm like, go and find something you do like then. Hmm. There's a lot out there. Like,
2: Not everything is for everyone. And maybe it's your unique space on the internet. And if they don't like it, there'll be another blog or another person doing what they want. Mentally yours, mentally yours. If you've been affected by any of the issues we've discussed today or you're having problems with any other mental health issues, please contact the Samaritans on 116 123 or go to their website at samaritans.org.
1: Thanks very much to our producer Sam Bonham and to Lucy Baker for the lovely jingles. And thanks to Emma Gannon for coming in and chatting to us all about the internet. If you haven't already, please give us a review and rate us on iTunes and also follow us on Twitter at MentallyYours. See you next week. Bye.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.